Good evening and welcome to Kingdom Conversations. It is Wednesday night. I'm Pastor Nanjing Lee and you are joining us here at Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California. Our zip code is 95131 and our phone number is 408-945-4439. We have some different types of conversations to have tonight and so we're really looking forward to it. Uh, we have new folks on the camera, so if you see a lot of adjusting and so forth, we're still kind of working out some of our technical difficulties. You would be amazed at the things that happen just before you go live on a broadcast. All kinds of hoopla likes to try to break forth and to, uh, I think, to get us off course. But what we have learned is that regardless of uh, anything else that we trust God, what I want to do tonight is we're going to pray, and I'm sure that we'll pray a few different times. And we're going to share some of the, the highlights and the, and the words that the Lord has given us. I think about different aspects of the kingdom and different aspects of what it is he wants us to do. I have to open up the right PowerPoint to that. Okay, so again, our theme, supernatural and prophetic encounters with the word of God. And that is the source of the conversations, is the things that we find in this word. And Father, we thank you for tonight, and we thank you that regardless of the emergency, the answer was there before the call. And we bless and praise and thank you for the name that is above every other name, which is the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for the way that you love us and the way that you perfect the things that concern us. I submit myself to you tonight as a vessel of availability. There have been some wonderful words and things that you've spoken and, and there's some other types of scenarios where one can feel less than adequate, but you are our sufficiency in all things. I thank you for the people of Astounding Love, a global church fellowship, and for more than enough ministries. I thank you for the apostle of this house and I thank you for the everlasting love that you have for us. Lord, I thank you for how you protect us all, that your arms are extended, that there are angels that are on watch and on patrol, that there are words that you cause to be spoken, that everything that we have need of, you have already provided. You know, those are not just words that we say those are words that are true, and it's from your heart. So I yield to you tonight, Holy Spirit. I'm listening for what it is that you want to say to us. I want to know what's on your mind, what's on your heart, who's on your heart, and how you would like to express yourself today. I pray for those that are hearing, that are under the sound of my voice, that they will be able to clearly hear what it is that you have to say. I pray for those that will listen on the rebroadcast, that the same thing is true for them, that regardless of the day or the time or the hour, that the voice of God is speaking. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, praise you, praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so I've got a few different things. I have a friend that asked me to text them the... Um, text them the, uh, the link 
and I was told very, very, uh, not sternly, but quite clearly, hey, I don't like to be late for service, so oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oops. Not acceptable. Yeah, so let me, let me just very politely do this. I want to say to those that are, um, that are here to text that uh, tonight you can send the text directly to me that whoever it is that is moderating will moderate and for the moment you can just send any questions or things of that sort directly to me and we will uh, have this conversation okay so before i even get started with that to the people that are here do you all have any questions anything that comes to mind uh, things that we have talked about recently that you would like to expound upon and that invitation is also to those of you that are uh, contact or watching us. Something that we have talked about, because I, I want to kind of stay in the same vein of conversation. I never did have have the conversation that I, I wanted uh, to have last week. <laughs> um, uh, we went someplace else. We started talking about relationships. And I'm going to share something with you all that I think is really amazing. Christina, give me a thumbs up if I'm loud enough. So, um, they're letting me know, I don't know, I seem to be very soft-spoken. Isn't that sweet? I am soft-spoken. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the a soft-spoken, soft person. And, and so people were constantly asking me to increase my volume. Mm -hmm. And remember we talked about, you hear with your ears, but you also hear with your bones. And so I guess my bones need to turn up the volume or something like that, but I, I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, but any questions, anything that comes to mind, and you need to use the mic if you do have a question. So uh, if you're not gonna text me, then you'll have to use the mic. No? All right, well, pardon? Okay, so you can't think of any at the moment. That's fine, uh, I'll wait. I'm sure some will come. This is a uh, my very old Amplified Bible. This is probably from the 80s or the 90s, that circa, that era. And uh, so it's not changed. It's, it's the one, it's the, what they refer to now as the classic. So they have not tried to modernize it to fit the agenda of people that might be otherwise offended. And so I really like going to my old Bibles. They're, they're worth a lot to me. And this is the word of the Lord. I'm gonna read the second part. Uh, what I do is I keep it pasted on the inside so this is the uh, prophetic word, the last part of the prophetic word that the Lord gave to Dr. Baker. It was for the season of 1996 through 2002, and it was given to through her December 1995. It was a very, very big word, which we all know, and we are in the season of this prophetic word. So since we know that the scripture tells us that we prosper from the prophesying, which is Ezra 6.14, that they prospered through the prophesying of the prophets of Zechariah and and I believe it, uh, anyway, Hezekiah, what was that? Um, they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai, the prophets, and Zechariah, the son of Edu, and they built and finished the work. So they had built and they finished the work because they prospered through the prophesying. So that gives me a clue, and that's one of the foundational scriptures for this ministry in this season of working and walking in the fulfillment of the vision, that we won't prosper outside of that. That anything that we get that is outside of the will of God or the ways of God and the word that he has spoken, we probably worked very hard to get it. 
But when you prosper through the prophesying, then that means that we allow the word of God to go before us. And we keep speaking the word. And I think that for some people, you tell me, if consistency is a problem with you, then just the very thought that you have to keep speaking the word, you're contending for the, for the, for the manifesting, for the hands-on living, by way of saying what God said, and you have to keep saying it until it shows up. I mean, there's other things that you're going to do, but that's the main thing. To contend for something, we're going to speak the words that must be spoken, that were already spoken, to have it come from that invisible place where it's just words to the formation of the words. Let me break that down a little bit. We say that the Lord, the Lord has said, and I'll go to this part, that until now my children have not known what it is to do my work unhindered by monetary lack. And so we say we are now in the season where we will know what it is to do the work of God unhindered by monetary lack. That's the thanksgiving. That's the contending. It isn't to just read this word again, but it is to take it since it says we are now entering into the season. That was what it said back a, few, a couple of years ago. We are in the season of this prophetic word, or you can say we are now in the season of this prophetic word. You with me so far? Yes, yes, and yes. Okay. So to prosper through the prophesying of Dr. B. Baker, of the word of the Lord that was given to her in December 1995. So that's quite a while ago. <laughs> just just a few years ago all right until now the word said my children have not known what it is to do my work unhindered by monetary lack and so we say now we the children of God know what it is to do his work unhindered by monetary lack why because you bring the until now you bring the the word now becomes a place. It's a time, but it's a time that has become a place. You with me? The time is now. So the place of manifesting is no longer in the future. We are not speaking about the future. In this now time, we are bringing what has always been ahead of us we are bringing it into the place where we are, which also, through the supernatural means of the power of God and the word of God, it actually transforms us and brings us to the place where it manifests. I'm going to kind of break that down a little more. The word of the Lord is, he said, until now. So it identified the place, now. My children, he said, have not known. And we're saying, but we as we are your children, and now we have come into the knowing what it is to do the work of God unhindered by monetary lack. Now, what that means is that there's a lot of activity in the realm of the spirit. Those words that we spoke very simply have created, if you will, a vortex, a, a, a power rush 
a stream of activity, whatever, waves of, of motion and atmospheric change. All of these things are transpiring just through the utterance of those words because as long as we just read it as it, as it was written, then it's always ahead of us. It's always in the future. If you just keep reading what is going to happen and it's going to take place and God will do this and so forth and it's always spoken in future tense, you, it's not in now tense. It's not present, it's future. Are you with me? I wish I could see you online and just say, raise your hands or uh, do something. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So having said that, are you with me? Because I, I need you people that are in here with me tonight. Y'all gonna have to talk. You have to be the representative for everybody else, for the for the millions of people that are watching this online. You're gonna have to have to be those ones, okay? All right, so future. Until now, my children have not known, but those who have my heart and vision will lack nothing. See, will lack nothing to complete the task that I have given them. So all of that is future. Will have, this will be, this is so. But we don't want it to be future anymore. What we desire is the tangible. So you want the monetary lack to be ended because all prior to the receiving of this word and the activating of this word, monetary lack is a, is, is a possibility and, a, and for many it's a reality. Are you with me so far? Yeah. Okay, so since that's the case and that's not what you wanted to stay, um, since if, if you don't want that to stay, I do, Frederick, I'll see if I get there. Um, since that's not where you, where you want it to stay, you've got to speak it differently. And he's reminding me about the angel called acceleration and so forth. And I'll, I'll probably get, possibly get to that, but let's, let's stay with this part first. Okay, because I want you to catch what we're talking about here. So now we're prospering through the prophesying. It says here, they prospered, which tells me passage of time, that they were behind the times because they were waiting for the opportunity to prosper, but then they started to hear what the prophets were saying, and they spoke what the prophets were saying, and they believed what the prophets were saying, and so they began to prosper because of what the prophets had said. Why? Because it was Haggai? Because it was Zechariah? No, because prophets... A true prophet of God speaks only what God says. They don't speak what they think. They don't speak what they want. They don't tell you. They don't. You cannot prophesy uh, in the name of God and not say what God once said. You don't get to say anything else. It's God's agenda, God's words. Because God, when he prophesies, he is speaking a word that he will bring into what we call manifestation, which means into your reality, into your into the tangible, into the place where you see, into the place where you touch, into the place where you taste, into the place where you drive, into the place where you live in, into the place where you spend, all, all those different things. That's manifestation, the tangible reality of the promise of God. That's what we mean by manifest, because we say it, and I think I went, maybe four or five years in my first years as a Christian, 
when they would talk about manifesting, I didn't know what they were talking about. They kept saying, it's going to manifest, it's going to manifest. Well, I didn't know what that meant. I really didn't. You know, it's like, okay, I don't really have an understanding of what you mean by manifest. But it seemed like it was very important. So I was waiting for it to manifest too. I just didn't know. Now, <laughs> so that was my experience. So I want you to get that when we say manifest, we mean bring from the invisible into the seen, touch, taste, feel, all of your senses, proof that what you trusted God for, it's Hebrews 11 coming to pass, that what you trusted, what you believe, the evidence of things hoped for, or faith is the substance I mean, of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen, that your faith has tangibly been seen. See, this is what I uh, faithed, believed, trusted God for. When you could not see it, this is what I saw, and I kept looking at it and kept seeing it until it came to the place where now you see it too. Making sense? If it goes deep, I don't want to go deep. I'm, I'm really just wanting you to, to be able to, to understand or to, to see what we're talking about here. Okay, so the elders prospered through the prophesying. And we will prosper through the prophesying that God spoke through his prophet uh, at that time. She was his prophet, Dr. B. Baker. We prosper through the prophesying of everything, everything that is written here on this card. We bring it from future to now by the words that we speak. Thank you, Frederick. We bring it from future to now by the words that we speak. And uh, we speak what he said, but we're no longer speaking it in one day, God's going to do this. Now is the time that this is so. That's what it means. Now is the time that this is so. That's how you prosper through the prophesying. Now is the time. Now is the season. Now is the day. Now is the hour. Now is the moment. This is now. People say, well, I still didn't see. I said it was now. I said it for three days and still nothing happened. It's now. You have to keep, you, you just keep speaking it. God will take care of it. I, 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 yesterday, or a couple, last week, and when my brothers came over, my, my brothers uh, uh, came together and I started making some changes in my garage since uh, I, I, there's some things I want to be able to do in there. And so they had to clear out a lot of space and it was very hot in my garage. We had the fan on and it just moved hot air from one place to another. And I articulated, okay, I need to get a screen door, a, a security screen door for it. And, uh, for, you know, for the side so that the garage door could be open. But I, you know, was pushing it future. Well, my younger brother decided now is the time. So I have a screen door on my garage. My brother just went and did it. He said, um, no, not you're going to and you're going to because you may not ever get to it, um, um, but, but it's there now. I'll have it finished by the day. So when that screen, when that side door was open and we had security locks and we got the keys and we got all that great stuff, but when that door opened, it changed the atmosphere. It all of a sudden turned and it's like, wow, now we get to clean the carpet and we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, and everything is in motion. Because when he brought a future, it was actually a hindrance for me. Because I was like, well, I'm still gonna have to use it for what I wanna use it for, but it's gonna be very hot in here. 
And all of these things were going on in my mind, but the Lord perfects the things that concern me. So someone, when I said, no, this is what I want, then God works it out to bring everything that is necessary from future to now. So now, as, as opposed to there will be, one day there's going to be, it's like, no, I have it. And I, I said, I have it, I just don't know how it, how it, how, you know, I don't have any other answers right now. But that I have it moved it from, I'm going to get it, I have it, means that it has to be now. Believe that you receive and you shall have, means I have it. Well, when do you have it? Tomorrow? No, I have it now. And it changes time for you. It bends it. It takes it from future or it, take it takes it from someday. Because someday is not specific. One of these days, we're going to have a house. You will never get it until you change what you say. One of these days, we're going to have enough money to do this. One of these days, I'm going to do this. One of these days, anybody ever say that? Sure you have. I don't even need you to tell me. I know you have. We've all done it. Well, one of these days never comes. It's like waiting for somebody who's doing nothing to do something. You're waiting for nothing. Because until it's mobilized, nothing is going to happen. There's no movement, then the vision doesn't manifest. Words move mountains. Words move time and bring things from an, an invisible place, which is called someday, into a specific day, a specific moment, a specific hour. Are you with me? Good. Because I expect you to do something with this. At least I, well, I can't really actually put the expectation on you, but I put an expectation on that word. I expect that word to do something, okay? That's the way I'm, I'm gonna phrase that. So we have, we have come to the place to know what it is to do the work of God unhindered by monetary lack. That changes your atmosphere. We have your heart and your vision, so we lack nothing to complete the task that you have given us. That is the statement of this ministry. That's what Ezra 6.14 is telling us According to the, we build and finish according to the commandment of the God of the heavens, the God of our, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of, of, of the church. The, you see what I mean? The almighty one, the creator, possessor of the heavens and earth. We, according to his commandment, which is the prophetic word, which is the decree of God that has gone forth and said, I want this word to manifest. Then, and according to the command of, in this case, it's at Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, the king of Persia. But this is now according to the word of the apostle, according to the word of the prophet, according to the word of the pastor, according to the word of the teacher, according to the word of the intercessors, according to the word of the Lord as spoken through those vessels that are authorized and called to, to, to cause a resounding yes and amen. It is so to the will of God in this ministry. So that's all the people that are a part of the vision to say we have dreams and visions and things that God has given, which is down at the bottom, dreams, visions. We have promises. We have homes. We have money. We have cars. We have other modes of transportation. 
which to me sounds like trains, planes, and you know, uh, rockets. Um, buildings and property will not be a scarcity for you who are about kingdom business. So this is what we're saying. It's no longer a scarcity. We don't live in scarcity. We don't live in lack. We live in the abundance. We live in the provision. We live in the supernatural uh, provision of God because this word requires us to shift from the belief that someday God will into where it's happening now. This is a happening thing. This is occurring on a regular basis. I'm telling you to go from no garage door or a screen door to a screen door because it's changing a simple sentence. And then I found that the, the, uh, the onus of the work, the, the requirement to get it done was not on me. My part was to change what I said to take it out of maybe one day somebody will to it is so. Because as soon as that happens, the angels assigned to garage detail moved. I was asleep. I don't know how it happened. I get up, my brother says, come out and look, and it's there. Are you with me? Because you change a word. What are you saying right now that you keep saying it's going to happen, but you have not ever bothered to say it has happened, it is happening now. I'm going to get this money. I'm going to get this money. I'm going to get this money. When are you getting the money? I don't know, but it's coming. Well, then you're not going to get it. Or you won't recognize it when it comes. The vision has to be clear. The ability to see, and if the vision is not clear, then let's get the, 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 the supernatural Windex and get the window clean or do whatever needs to be done with the eyes so that the vision is clear. And how does the vision become clear? You keep saying what God said. You keep saying what God said, and then what do you do? You pray in tongues. You say what he said, and then you pray in tongues. You say what he said, and then you pray in tongues because you know what he said in the language of your understanding. But there's more to it than that. And when you speak in the language of his, of his understanding, understanding will come to you. What's more a manifestation will because you're speaking the words that he desires to have spoken that frankly, sometimes I think our brains just are not fast enough to keep up. And so we move into the languages, the heavenly language in order to bring about the heavenly manifestation and then it shifts into uh, the place where the earth language is sufficient to say, wow, whoa, whoa, whoo, ha, you know, and all the things that we say. Do I have any questions while I'm having this part? Okay, because uh, just feel free to send them. This is what the vision is about. So here we say, the spirit of the Lord is saying this. The church is not even seen, nor can they imagine, nor can you imagine the prosperity, true prosperity that's about to hit the church. He says, there's ideas, there's dreams, there's visions that are on the inside of my people. Now, that was the circumstance, you see it? He's saying, nobody knows, this is scriptural. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has in store for those that love him and that are called. According to what he said, he's saying, that's what he said, you, you can't, your eyes have not seen, your ears, your imagination has not heard. You can't, you, you cannot, you have not been able to imagine the prosperity, the true prosperity. 
He said, that's about to hit. Now, this is in 1995. And people have shared, well, the Lord spoke to me, and the Lord gave me an amount of money that he wants to bring into my hands. I, I know one person that, uh, outside of our house, but that has said, God told him, I'm giving you $10 million because I want, because it, and, and you think, whoa, $10 million. But the, but the Lord was telling this person, this is seed money. Because what I've called you to do, $10 million is not going to do it. But $10 million seeded into the places that God has in store, has in mind for it to go. Do you know what that does? It multiplies the harvest. Because all of those places where the finances were seeded, or where the labor was seeded, or the words were seeded, once that hits, then it, boom, it explodes in those areas, and it's an expansion of the overall vision of God. Are you understanding? Because the, the facial expressions I'm, I'm looking at here are, are causing it to be like, I, 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 I want to get it. So you're going to have to catch this by spirit. This is not for your intellect. Your intellect if you're trying to figure it out, then you're going to scoff and you're going to mock and you're going to miss it. Because just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not so. It means that you need to get the understanding within your spirit so that you will take off and manifest what you're supposed to manifest. You with me? Okay. I will keep going. So he's giving you the picture of the scripture, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither, yes, has it entered into uh, the hearts of those that are called, right? This is, this is that scripture in Chronicle, I mean, in, um, thank you. This is that scripture in Corinthians. I have not seen it. I have not heard it. And it has not yet entered into my heart everything that God has planned. How do I see it? How do I hear it? How does it enter? And the answer is the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. So as we release this word, again, he said, the spirit of the Lord says that the church has not even seen, nor can they imagine nor can you imagine the prosperity um, that is uh, uh, about to hit the church. So let's go to that scripture. Frederick, find me the scripture, please, because I, I have to find my Bible on here. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. I know it's in, I believe it's 2 Chronicles 2. I mean, Corinthians, Corinthians. Um, I think it's 2 Corinthians 2 or it's 1 Corinthians 2, but I know it's in there. Hold on. And Carlita, if you're here, you're always welcome to, to do that too. All right. Let's look at this because we're going to break it down. Crystal, I saw your question, and I believe we're going to answer it through this. All right? Um, yeah, it must be one because it's not it. Thank you, Father. It's in the same area where it says, um, hold on. I'm going to get us here. Okay. Yeah, here it is. Okay. 
1 Corinthians chapter 2, and it is verse 9. But I want to start, I want to start with verse 6. He says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What he's saying is the wisdom that you need to break through is not available in the earth. The wisdom that you need to overcome, the wisdom that you need to prosper the way that God says to prosper, you cannot get it apart from him. It is not available in the earth. It is not available, I should say, from an earthly source. So it's kind of like those specialty things that you see on TV where they're trying to sell it. It's like not available in stores. Yeah. <laughs> not available online. Yeah. Not available from any, we have an exclusive distribution there's only one place where this word, that this, this knowledge, this wisdom, this understanding is dispensed, is dispersed, is distributed, and that comes from the, originate, from the original manufacturer. You cannot get it anywhere else, people. There's certain cheeses in season. We're coming into October. There's a certain cheese that is only available in Wisconsin at a certain time of year, and they sell out every year very quickly because it only comes around once a year, and you can only get it from this particular cheese farm. Which cheese is that? I'm not telling you. Okay. <laughs> it's about $80 an ounce. So this is high end, and it's not something that you would tell people, hey, I have cheese. I'm having a cheese tasting party. You're not tasting it. Party of one. Okay. <laughs> Maybe two. All right. <laughs> All right. So, again, this wisdom, this understanding, this breakthrough is not available in stores. Not available from the earth. The earth does not have the wisdom that you need to manifest the kingdom. Only the kingdom has the wisdom that you need. So this is what he's saying here. We speak, verse 7, the wisdom of God in a mystery. That, that wonderful word of the mysterion, mysterion a secret, a, um, a mystery, a hidden thing. We speak it with the hidden code. That only, if I can be so fun, which I shall, only your Jesus-infused spiritual DNA can break the code. What? Yes. I just had to tell you that. <laughs> you see, we have, everybody knows this, and this is, this is connected. You all have DNA that connects you to the Smith family, the Smith family, the Jones family, the Lee family, the, the Howard family, whatever your family name is, uh, uh, your birth family name. You have in your body the DNA of, of that man and that woman that came together. And that's how you got it, right? Which is interesting to me. Um, just want to mention People who call themselves in same-sex unions can never have children because you can't get anybody from the DNA of two females or the DNA of two males. It takes a man and a woman. Understand that. I don't care what you say. It is not so. Um, it's only the way God said it. So your human DNA connects you to a family. See, I, I actually have that written down. But your spirit DNA, it's different. 
like a tortoise out. I'm letting everything else just kind of marinate with you. All right. Um, do I have one here? Yeah, okay. Your, you know that your DNA is the code. It's a code. The, um, the G's and the A's and the T's and the C's, the, the letters that, that form DNA is A, what is it, T, C, G. Um, anyway, it's a series of letters that are form the codes. They, they, they're made up in different codes that, that speak to what your DNA is. So everybody uh, speaks something different or they have something similar, you know, in, in terms of this man and this woman both came, um, have these people here, those are their offspring. Um, this one was, you know, came from another marriage. And so they have the DNA of one of the parents, but they don't have the DNA of the other, which means biologically they are not of the same complete uh, co genetic code, right? You, you, everybody understands that to, to a certain degree. All right, so it reveals your, your DNA reveals your physical identity. So if your body has a unique identity code, what about your inner man? You see, we think when we're earthbound that everything is about the, this earth. Everything comes from the earth atmosphere and that that is superior to the unseen, that the seen realm, many people think that what we see is superior to what we do not see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? That's human, logic, earthly, sensual, devilish. It's a demonic belief that what you see is more powerful than what you do not see. And it's a demonic belief that therefore if you see sickness, then you, and there is no cure. If man says there is no cure, then there is no cure. But that's not true. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into your heart the mystery that you can solve if you have the right DNA. Stay with me. What's the right DNA? It's the DNA of the inner man. The inner man, if you want to think in that scientifically, that the, the unregenerate spirit, the one that has not been born from above, has the DNA of the earth. It is dead to the ways of God. It, 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 is, it is bound, even connected, to only think according to the ways of the earth, right? You with me? Because your mind has not, the unrenewed mind does not flow with the spirit of God. We're going somewhere, people. And yet your inner man outlasts your body. Mm-hmm. Because you're, yeah, he's got to think about that. Because whether you're born from above or not, your spirit is not, it may perish, but that's eternal death. Not a good picture. But what's not going to happen is that everybody just goes to sleep and you get buried. And I tell you, what else is not going to happen is you're not going to freeze the, the outside and think that one day when they find a cure, you're going to be able to come back and re-inhabit. That's not going to happen either. Yeah. Wow. And yet there are a lot of people that have wasted a lot of money 
Heaven and not heaven. They're, they're basically, they're, their remains are frozen, but they will never, ever, ever, ever come back to reclaim that body. Never. Because they're gone. Yes, sir. Actually, a comment because you, you just brought up a point that really made me think. This uh, thing, what they're doing, like frozen, you're mm -hmm. talking about mm -hmm. they're freezing and all kind of stuff, you know, to get life after death. Mm -hmm. and, and the Bible says that the point of the man wants to die, mm -hmm. then we come to judgment. Yeah. So there's no way, I, I, hear, I never even thought about it. This, uh, this other thing you're talking about, the, the isogenic type thing, you know, the lettuce or whatever. Yeah. Cryogenic, yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it's just, you know, it's all. All you have to Fantasy. do is ask them a simple question. How are you going to get your spirit back? <laughs> How are you going to get it back? Yeah. How do you get breath to come back? And they might use a bellows machine and try to pump something in there, but what you got there is a monster. That's the Frankenstein uh, paradigm. But what you don't have is the human. Because the human spirit was created by God. It's his breath. It's his breath. Remember that song? It's your breath in my lungs. Yeah. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in my lungs. Yes, ma'am. So it's like, uh, it's like we're, we're, I don't know why I keep thinking I'm a renter in this body or <laughs> we, it's a, the life is a gift. Mm -hmm. And along with that gift of his breath, he gives us a house to live in. But then when this house is done, then our spirit either goes to live with him or it goes to eternal separation. Right. Is that what you're saying? That's it. There is no middle ground. Wow. There's no spiritual demilitarized zone where you remain undecided. And so you say, well, I'm not sure yet, so just give me a couple spins through eternity, and then I'll decide if I want Jesus or not. Not gonna happen. Only happens while you have the breath of God in you and you live on the earth, in the earth. Because the blood of Jesus was shed in the earth, so the decision must be made in the earth. <laughs> His blood decided eternity here. So in order to have his eternity, the provision, you have to make the decision here. Yes, ma'am. While you still have breath. While you still have breath. Because you have to determine with your mouth where that breath is going to go. Wow. When the lease is up, yes. <laughs> Isn't that different? Yeah, it's a cheery thought. <laughs> <laughs> but it does put a whole different spin, well, spin's kind of a casual word, on man's wisdom versus the power of God like it. It says just a little bit further, because Mother Helen and I were reading that. <laughs> um, 
about the difference between man's wisdom and the wisdom of God. Mm -hmm. Well, man's wisdom only has two sources. The earth or the creator. Okay? Because he says here in, what is it, James chapter 3, that the wisdom that uh, if you have bitter envy in a foe, who, verse 13 in James chapter 3, who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. So it shows you uh, the posture, the humility that comes with wisdom, the, the sophia, um, the high wisdom. It's either the spiritual wisdom and, and if it's meek wisdom, meekly, oh, uh, sorry, humility, then it comes from God. Because Satan don't have a, hum, a humble area in his whole existence. So you've identified the source of wisdom. And said, so if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, then don't glory and lie against the truth. Because that that's a form of wisdom too. But it doesn't descend from above. It's earthly. It, it, in other words, it didn't come from the source of it. It's not God. It's the stuff that's right here in the dirt. It's earthly, it's sensual, sensual and it's devilish. It's demonic. And you see examples of it all the time. Trying to overthrow this, trying to do this, trying to do this, trying to tear this down, trying to rewrite history, uh, trying to do this, trying to do this. Like when you, you're wasting your time Literally, the hours that you have to live and to decide and to create quality of life, you're wasting them on things that you could change by allowing the love of God to change the inside of you. You don't rewrite history by tearing down statues. You don't rewrite history by canceling programs and denying that certain things happen. That's about as dumb as, it's pretty dumb. I'll just put it that way. You know, that's, that's like denying, well, because I'm going to rewrite history, that was not my fingerprints that were on that place. And, and the things that you thought that you saw me do, you really didn't see me do because it's not possible because you're judging me. Ask about pictures. Yeah, but you doctored them. Do you understand what I mean? It's like denial of truth will never bring freedom. It never does. Okay? You with me? So let's check this out. We're talking about DNA. So uh, if you are a believer, you carry the DNA of the Creator. If you are born from above, you carry the divine nature of Abba, the do not allow power of God, the DNA. You, uh, it's in you, and you have a whole, you're a whole lot bigger on the inside. This is 1 John 4. You are of God, and the greater one is in you. And greater is he, greater is the power, the source of the power and the power himself that is in you. Then the earthly, sensual, devilish that is in the world. You with me so far? So, 
The DNA that you carry on the inside links you to the destiny that you are headed to fulfill if you choose to. Because destiny is choice. Which one you're going to fulfill? It's choice, not forced on you. It's your decision whether or not who's who, what spirit, what you're going to call truth. There is only one truth, but what you choose to call truth may be a lie that you choose to believe. And God will never force you to believe him over Satan. Satan will do his best, though, to coerce you into believing him instead of God. That's why he tries to shut him down. He tries to shut God down, whereas we come to destroy the works of the devil. And he knows it, you see. Okay, so now listen, here's where I wanted to get to. God has hidden a treasure in you that nobody can steal. Remember how he said you're looking for things where moths and things can eat it up? Yeah. But what is on the inside, but you have a treasure. Um, you have a treasure that, let me find that one. Okay. Oops, sorry about that, guys. I just hit that microphone. Um, where these things can um, decay. But you have a treasure, a hidden treasure, uh, it, or rather treasure in an earthen vessel. We carry a treasure here. He said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And a good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. That's the DNA. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Now this is what Jesus said, and that word treasure is uh, actually a deposit. It can also mean wealth. It's the place where good and precious things are collected and laid up. Or it can be just a repository. It's a place where your arsenal, a magazine, a place where things are, are, are laid up on the inside. So you've either got really good stuff or you're opening it up and you're finding like a bunch of wrappers of old pastries and stuff that, you know, it's like, what kind of filthy mess is this? Well, this was my treasure, you know, and they treasured bubblegum wrappers or, or tobacco uh, stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, somebody's trash. Some people believe one man's trash is another man's treasure, but sometimes one man's trash is just trash. <laughs> yes. But we won't have a treasure unless we fill our spirit with the word of Words. God. Words. So it's the word of God that's that treasure. It's the greatest treasure, yes. But there'll be trash in there if we haven't filled it with the word well, of God. Well, because words can, remember, words are seeds. And words can manifest in, in form of whatever it is that you want it to. So you will have a good treasure by storing up the word. Your words, David said, have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. So I have a treasure of words that allow me to walk in obedience and love. And what does that mean? That means that the, the, the riches of that treasury keep increasing and increasing and increasing. And then I'll get another treasure that's in there because by my words will also come people that have been redeemed through what I've said. And the desires of God's heart are the greatest treasures we can have. Others will look for rubies and diamonds or cash money or this or that or gold and silver. And that's fine. But the truth of the matter is, is that when you carry the wealth of the kingdom, you command those things, and those things will be where you need them to be. 
You spend your life trying to acquire them, you wasted your time. You spend your life in pursuit of the will of God, the word of God, the ways of God, the true treasure, and you have redeemed the time of others. It just depends on what you think is most important. I mean, when I hear the reports of people that kill somebody over a hundred dollars, they paid me a hundred dollars to go beat somebody up or a thousand dollars, it's like that's as much of a value as a human being put on another human being. But but, but Jesus put blood. That's why you don't get your value from the Lord. Your life insurance policy. You know, and they cost, cost you over the head because you're insured for $25,000. That's spent, well, you can barely buy a car with $25,000 and they killed you for that? Oh yeah, but if you die in an accident, it goes up to $250,000. So. They, they stage your death to make it look like an ass, so they get $250,000 and rid of you. And then they get caught and go to jail for the rest of their life. So that's what my $250,000 life did for you. Gave you the rest of your life in prison. You see what I mean? It's, it's, but this is because the wisdom of the world says it's smart to do that. Make it look like an accident and get the money. The wisdom of the world says somebody's offering me money to go do something. Hey, I need money to get that TV that's on sale. I want to get those shoes. They're not thinking anywhere beyond the, 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 the roots of the earth. Remember, it's wisdom of the earth, which is foolishness. It's true foolishness. But your DNA, <laughs> your spirit, and I'm, I'm quoting Dr. Lance Wall and all of this, but your spirit carries the DNA code to your calling and to your purpose and destiny. Your spirit carries the DNA of heaven. It carries the DNA of Jesus. It has to. Why? Ask me why. Why? Because we are the body of Christ. So if we're the body of Yeshua, whose DNA would we have? Whose mind do we have? So is that DNA in our spirit before we learn the word of God? It's when we become born from above and we're one with him. Remember last night Dr. Baker was talking about, okay, she said, Helen, you're going to become born again. Okay, one minute, you're born again. Guess what? You've got the DNA of Jesus now. And it's that you knew what to do with it. <laughs> you know, a brand new baby has the DNA of mom and dad, but they don't live more know how to express it, other than the wah, wah, and the, and the, you know, the little stuff. But regardless, that little person, that newborn child, carries the, the DNA of those people, of that mom and that dad, and they're fully viable, which they were even before, you see, even before they were in their mother's womb, because God said, I knew you. So the, the DNA then attaches when we're born again. We're transformed. As we're, trans, we're transformed. Because it's the life of God again. Remember, see, even though we're walking, functioning people, without Jesus, we're not alive. We're, we, we, we are living, we're existing. But he is the spirit of life. So we don't have life apart from him. Okay, we have human existence, but life comes from God. Yeah. So you have a spirit that has been dead to the ways of God. 
You know it. We all know it. We know bitterness. We, and even people, well, I've never been that way and I've always tried to be a good person. But everything you've done has still been rebellion because you try to be a good person but deny the power of God who is the only one that can make you a good person. So don't, don't try to fool me with, well, I, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do, you, you list all these good things you do. I give to charities, I do this, I do this, but what do you do about Jesus? Well, I don't feel like I need to have him. Then you're in rebellion. And you'll still die in your sins. Because you tried to live a good life. That's total deception. You tried to live a good life apart from God. And you can't. You refused him. That makes you a fool. It's in there. <laughs> it's in there. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. So I'm not just calling you a fool. I wouldn't do that. But, but the Bible does. God says it. Because you said you let your heart speak earthly, sensual, devilish wisdom. Here he said, um, he said, uh, by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned, or you'll treasure, you're going to bring forth, out of the evil treasure you bring forth evil. And dying without God is because, dying without Jesus, is, is it's evil. Living without him. But when you became, when we became a born from above, and I, I haven't forgotten where I was going, um, your new spirit, if uh, you have a regenerated or a born again spirit man, so a whole new you, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Oh, we bury them. They died. Old things have passed away. They're buried. I'm a new creature, so all things have become new, including my DNA, my spirit, my person, my life, my future. It's all new to me. It's not what I used to be. It's not where I was headed without him. Now I'm going with him to where he points me to, you see. So I'm not what I used to be. I'm who I was created to be. It's not the same person. I'm not what I've been, but I'm who he says that I am. Go ahead. When it says that we, were, we are created in his image, what is the difference between that and what you're speaking about now? Nothing. Because you're in him. I want you to picture something, okay? I guess my question is, can we be, the be those that do not acknowledge God, they're still made in his image. Is that correct? Man was created in the image of God, but man does not necessarily walk in the likeness of God. It's not the same. You may, twins, identical twins may be mirror images of each other, but they may have different ways entirely. So they may not be in the same likeness, after his likeness, after his after the ways of him. Adam, when the, the first Adam, when he was created, 
he was made in the image of God and after his likeness, which is why he could walk with God and talk with God and move with God and know the things to do because he was like God. But mankind, the image of mankind has remained the same. We are human. We, we have the three parts. We are spirit, which is like God, which is, is, is God, his spirit. And we have um, intelligence. We have the soul, the, the mind, the the uh, will, the, the emotions, and so forth. God does too. And then we are, you know, um, we are in a physical body, but the true person is not the house that we live in. It's the person that's on the inside. But just like the Bible says that the people of Israel knew the, the they knew the, uh, the, the works of God. They knew the things that God did, but Moses knew the ways of God. Moses knew the likeness of God. Moses could recreate many of the same miracles that God had told him. He knew how God did things. Jesus, when he came, did things the way God does them. Because he said, um, what I see my father do is what I do. So he was after his image and after his likeness. Okay, so that's the difference. There, are Every person, um, mankind has been made to, to be able to be um, to house the spirit of God. Mankind was made to be able to be a carrier of the glory of God, but every human being does not carry God's glory. That is reserved, just as the mysteries are reserved for those that have the DNA, the, the, the image of Christ. We become the image of Christ and he becomes, you know, he's in us and we are in him. So it's a melding together. We are in him, where? In the heavenlies. He is in us, where? In the earth. So we have the same combination. God in man, man in God. And it only happens through Jesus. So we have the mind of Christ. Therefore, we have the ability to think like Christ. We have the ability, and we have the, really, we are expected to because we're, we're sons of God. We became sons because of Jesus. Everything has to point back to Jesus. And if you live a life that doesn't point to Jesus, you, you're hell-bound. If you're not born from above, let me just make it clear, born again. If Jesus Christ is not your Lord, if Jesus Christ is not your Savior, your owner, if you die apart from his presence. If he's not in you, if your heart has not been circumcised, if the Holy Spirit does not abide on the inside of you, if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you're not getting in and you don't get to make a decision. There's no purgatory. There's no halfway station. There is no coming back to try to figure it out and do it again. There's no second chance. You got second, third, fourth, 20th, 95th, 109, 1015. You got every chance while you're here. while we're here because it all happened for us here we were made to live forever in the spirit the spirit does not you know is not it's not flesh and blood when god speaks to us he speaks spirit to spirit that's why they can't hear it because they're on a different communication system. Except that the Spirit of God draws them to a place where someone can say things or speak things. 
and words have been spoken for them. Intercession has been made. How do I know? Because that's part of why we pray in tongues. Because sometimes we're praying for people whose names we do not even know. We do that in, on our um, special forces prayer calls. <laughs> we do that anyway. We pray, we say this prayer is for people that we do not even know, people that don't have anyone to pray for them. Father, you know, whatever you want said, we will speak and we'll direct it towards those that you you know, that you, you know, that this is, you know, because sometimes names will come or we'll see, um, we'll see them in a place or something will transpire. And so their, their uh, time, uh, there, there are words that when they go into the place where the disaster is about to get them, there's a word of deliverance that has been spoken that is waiting for them to show up. And that word then comes into effect and their lives are, are not, uh, the, the turnout is not what Satan desires. Do you see? That's why we pray in the spirit, because in the spirit, we speak mysteries. We speak things that we may not have understanding of. But we have the power to break people out of deceptions and darkness and 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 uh, situations. We speak words that send angels to unlock doors, to draw them out, and to bring them to places of safety. Can you prove that? Yes. The prayers went out for Peter. The angel showed up in the jail and hit him and said, get up, get your shoes on, get your coat. Let's go and took him out of the prison and he went to where they were praying. Remember, that's where Rhoda, the, the servant girl, wasn't sure. They thought it might be his angel, but it was him. And it's like, hey, I'm cool. Thanks for praying. I got to go. And off he went. And they went back and it's like, who let him out? Was there a bribery? No. The words that were spoken in the earth had the power to cause heaven to send forth the angel that was assigned to minister with Peter to get him out of a locked place and to remove him. That's why you cannot tell me when they say that a person is sentenced for life and it's somebody that is righteous, like the young man, men that we're praying for in um, certain places. I'm not even going to mention where, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, those of you that are a part of here, you can't tell me that the prison doors will stay locked on them forever because God has given the precedent that the prayers, the, the intercessions, the petitions for these men or these women or whoever it is, they need to come forth because you have called them to do something that takes them out of prison doors. Joseph got released. Peter got released. Paul, Silas got released. So no. Not even a prison door can keep can stay closed against you when God's desire and will and plan for your life takes you out of that prison. You will come out in the name of Jesus. And words just such as that, young man, you know who I'm talking about. Kimberly knows who I'm talking about. Natasha knows who I'm talking about. Your days, those days have have come to come to an end because we're no longer saying it will happen. Now we say, now it happens. Now is the time of release. Now is the time of deliverance. In the name of Jesus, the time is now, not future. Now. Doors that no man 
can shut or open doors that no man can shut and close doors that no man can open. Yeah. And Christina, yes, the same, that one too. It sounded like I had a new revelation while you were speaking that about now, you see, about the scripture where it said now faith is. It's like, it's like uh, I got this explosion on the inside. That's what it is. Let me interrupt you. And Frederick, you know who I'm talking about, too. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. No, it's just, it, it just exploded in me. You know, it's like, wow, that's what it is. Because always the now faith is like, now as they talk about the moment that we get the revelation of it, like you just yeah. explained. Yeah. When you see the thing done. And the you, observer effect. <laughs> the observer effect is now. Okay. Well, I'm, he doesn't I'm, know what I mean, but I'll get to it. Well, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> but it just exploded inside of me. I never saw that, you know, before. And now it's like, you know, the same thing where you say, you're speaking what you believe, what you want, what you will to happen, and now it's gonna happen because you were speaking it, and the more you speak it, the more you believe it. The more it starts to come forth. Yes. Yes. Amen. Thank you. Okay, the observer effect. Uh, in, in quantum um, physics, it, what it speaks to is, it basically states that by observing something, we affect it. Just our act of looking at something changes it. So when you look at something future, it stays future. But when you look at it and say, no, it comes now, then you have just changed it. It has ceased to just move in a nebulous pattern and it has frozen. It, it says, they've discovered for instance, that an electron exists as a wave of energy until you observe it. Once you observe it, it collapses into a particle of matter. So observing changes the wave of invisible potential into a particle of visible reality. So those words of future are like waves, if you will, or electron is a wave of energy. But when you look at that word, that thing that's ahead, and you call it now, I see it, that God has said this is so, I see the, 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 the wealth transfer. I see this, um, this uh, work of darkness coming down. I see it. No longer am I saying it will. I say it has. And I just changed the time. It has collapsed from being free to move to being in a specific period of time. What time? Now time. And so from that moment, whosoever, this is Mark 11, 20, uh, 22, 23, whosoever speaks to a mountain and tells it to be removed, I suddenly see this obstacle no longer being the obstacle, but I see you now removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that the things that he says are so, then it is so. It has just collapsed from the impossible into the possible, and when it's possible, it becomes reality. Yeah. It manifests, it moves. It moves. Are you with me? Well, I still haven't finished my thought, but it's okay. Okay. So my spirit carries the DNA code to my calling. My spirit carries it, which is why when you pray in other tongues, my spirit is releasing into the atmosphere words that the rest of me 
will follow. Because it's forging, what is it doing? It's creating a path that's lit up for you to follow. You're going to go in the direction of your prayer. So quit praying stuff that you don't want. Quit saying stuff that you don't want because you move and you don't move any further than what you said. And some of the thinking we do just needs to shut down. Stop. Dr. Baker would say, shut up. Shut up. You know, and I pray that you hear that as you're about to open your mouth. And as another word, Dr. Baker saying, overload your. Okay. Because when it gets overloaded, oh, it exploded and it keeps you there. Anything that's weighed down in the back, what happens? It sags and it sits. It don't go forward. Or if it does, you sure got a lot you're pulling, right? Remember little kids with wagons and stuff and they start piling stuff in it and piling stuff. We used to like to collect rocks. I don't know why. But, or sand or something. Well, when you first threw the wagon, la, 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 you're just pulling it along, you run it in front of you, you get in it and roll down the hill and go in traffic, and somehow, the miracle of God, your angels are like, ah, this is fun, and they're protecting you as you go right across a two-way. <laughs> that happened to me. Anyway, <laughs> we used to like to ride wagons in traffic. Okay, yeah. Anyway, those angels were really working to take care of us. Right? <laughs> But when you started loading stuff in it, you remember what happened is one of two things. Either it collapsed in the end, or worse, you put something light on the front and the sucker just turned over. <laughs> it just like stuck. Mm -hmm. But one thing you don't do is move in the flow. Words that you speak that clog your system, clog your traffic, cause you to stay in places of where you can see your stuff, but you're not saying that it's yours. You're like, that, that looks like my prospect. That looks like my, oh, it's just going by. Well, what are you going to say? I don't know. What, what, what am I supposed to say? Now, Crystal, ask me your question again. Um, what am I supposed to be saying? You're supposed to be saying what God said. Nothing else. Nothing less. Because it's set up for the helpers, the angels, to go forth and help to do their kingdom assignment to bring those words to pass. They're not set up for what we say. They're set up for what God says. You have a question? Um, yeah, I was, um, as you were talking, I was thought the words that you're speaking denies the belief of, of uh, certain religions that there is people just sitting in purgatory because one of my best friends, we were having lunch and they were praying it, and I asked, why are you praying for people that are already dead? <laughs> because they don't exist. And they said, well, that's what we've been taught. And the priest sitting at the table said, and he agreed with me, he said, um, no, that's not what everybody believes anymore. And that there are, and if you take the brand new Catholic Bible, there are a lot of things removed from it because they don't want their congregations to know the authority we can have and do have. So, thank you. Yeah. Mm. So you pray in tongues. Mm. And you pray in tongues. And the way I do it is to ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want to do about this? Do you want to do something through me? Is there anything that you'd like to say? 
And sometimes people think, well, I don't want to do that because they feel like they'll probably be three hours in prayer. Uh, but it's not necessarily so. He, he knows how to get to the point. And I've, I've heard too many times, and we I think we experienced this. You have to correct me if I'm wrong. But on one of our prayer calls, uh, we have, um, I, there's a team of people I pray with on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays that we, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I said, you know, I guess we're kind of like special forces because we don't pray we, we pray according to the assignments that our apostle has given us. And you all who are here, because I, I think it's so awesome to belong to a body of believers that prayer goes out from this ministry seven days a week. There is not a single day uh, that goes by on the calendar that someone from this ministry is not praying. Not just one person, but teams of people. We pray for cities, we pray for our nation, we pray for our president, we pray for our First, we pray for our apostles and um, the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers. We pray for you. We pray for your families. We pray every single day. We pray concerning cities. We call for rain. Uh, we don't pray for rain. We call, we call the rain. You see, you don't pray for things that you have the power to command, to call in the name of Jesus. Send the rain. Rain, come in a season that is not the season come and let it put out the fires we speak the supernatural we're not afraid of the question most people ask well what if it doesn't work it's like you think from the wrong end you think from the earth we don't think from the earth we think with the expectation of course it's going to work it's the will of god for men to be saved it's the will of god for deliverance to come there's enough repentance there's enough intercession there's enough humility there is enough to decree and, and faith in God that is going for forgiveness and moving from bitterness. There is enough of all the works of righteousness to intercede for the state of California to allow the rains to come. There is no, the hindrances, the repentance, and all the other things move that stuff aside. The power of God is seen in this country and seen in the state because it is the will of God and the words of the prophets from all over the world have come towards the state of California, the golden state, for the golden calf to be brought down and the gold of the kingdom and the purity of the glory to manifest in the state of California. So yes, it will rain. Rain come in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yes. You see, one of the things is we yeah. cannot move in fear, what if I'm wrong? What if it looks like, you know, what if I said it and nothing happens? It's like, I don't even know how to answer that because I said it, so it does happen. It does happen. It's not what's going to happen. No, I just told you it happened. It's now. Well, that doesn't make any sense to me because you're thinking like the devil. So, of course, it doesn't. But if you think like Jesus, it makes faith for you. And you call for the manifestation of it. Jesus is not afraid of being wrong. So why should we be? How do I break through to finally start doing what you're saying? That's one of the questions. To do which part of what I'm saying? To see the manifestation? Well, let's keep going. Here's one of the things you do. You take the word and you contend. 
You let the sword of the spirit sing. You let it allow it to, to be vibrating in the atmosphere and changing the course of things. You say, give me something you want to break through. Just send me, send me something you want to break through and we'll use it as our, our last example because we've got about 13 minutes. Did I talk about what I was going to talk about? <laughs> I think so. I think we covered it. Oh, well, we probably covered it. So send, send me that uh, here again. Let's go back to this word. So there's, I, I didn't even tell you guys. There's something I really wanted to tell you. Oh, okay. There's ideas, there's dreams, there's visions that are on the inside of my people. God just said, you have on the inside. How do you know? Because that's the DNA of God. The visions, the dreams, the desires of God are on the inside of his people. And he wants to break them out. Do you see? You're filled with his presence, his glory, his desire. But you've got to get you out of the way. You got to get your desire to do things the way you think they should out of the way. You got to get rid of fear. You have to get rid of believing differently from the way Jesus does. You have to get rid of deception. You have to get rid of with the things that you entertain that make God a friendly place with little bunnies that like to, you know, frolic around and and like it's some Disney movie seen from Alice in Wonderland or or Snow White or something, you know, that's not it. it. That's not it at all. It's not like that. It's better than that because it's not imaginary creatures. It's truth. You have to want the spirit of truth to be, and I'm telling you this, you have to want the spirit of truth more than you want what you want. You have to want him to be able to point to things and tell you, that's not me. More than you want what you want the way that you want it. Because that's one of our biggest issues with God. Isn't that about the dumbest thing you ever heard? Well, this is what our issue is with God. If you've got an issue with God, we're speaking for the devil, because he's the only one that has an issue with God. And it's not going to do, it's not going to ultimately end well for him. So I would advise you to get rid of your issues. Okay. Okay. Well, if you, okay, so somebody says, I want to be consistent with my decrees in every area. I'll start, but I want to continue. Then you got to find one spot, and that's where you start. I will give you the example once again. I even wrote this in my book, uh, the first book. I said uh, that in order to start getting me to walk in obedience, God used apples. Anybody remember that? Y'all remember when I was eating apples every day? Yeah. yeah, because a lot of you brought them to me, and some of you started looking at my apples like they were the best looking thing you ever saw, and I started getting a little apple possessive. Because, <laughs> because I had feet. I found out I like Fiji's, and I like this certain one. I mean, I, there are certain apples, it was just like, well, I thought Red Delicious was happening, and it is, but this, this is the apple, right? Mm -hmm. And so I had Galas and this and crisp. Oh, my gosh, it was just wonderful. But I ate apples every day for about six months, every single day, because God was building consistency in me, all right? Because I was just a mess. And I'm going to say to you, if you want to be consistent, then you ask the Holy Spirit, where do I start? What do you want me to begin with 
and ask him to give you a task instead of you trying to figure out how to do this. How do I obey God? I've got to obey God. No, ask God. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a task that he wants you to carry out on a daily basis. It's not going to be pray the whole Bible. You know, pray. Uh, I write these things, right? Everybody knows this. So I have all of these decrees, decrees and declarations. And if you look at them, um, things that I've typed up. And if I thought that I had to pray this every day, I ain't praying nothing. Because it gets tiring just looking at it. It's like, well, I got to page two or page three, but there's mm, maybe 75 pages to this. It's going to take my whole day. And if it's going to take my whole day, I barely get to, this is it's actually 20 pages. Okay. So it's 20 pages, but it's double columns. Right. And as I look at it, and to be honest, all it is is the same scriptures on both sides. One is me saying it. The other side is as it is written. That's all this is. So it's it's simply, um, on my own, I am not fit, qualified, or sufficient in ability to form personal judgments, claim, or count anything great as coming from me. My power and ability and sufficiency are sourced from heaven. To you, my God, I attribute and give all the glory. That's 2 Corinthians 3, 5, which says not that we are fit, qualified, and sufficient in ability of ourselves to form personal judgments or to claim or count anything as coming from us, but our power and ability and sufficiency are from God. So this is the way that those things are said. Okay? But if I think to myself, oh, wow, I've got to do it, and I do it as a task, I won't move forward because there's no faith. Everything has to be by faith. I ask you in faith. I receive from you in faith. And then by faith, I obey you, watching you make the changes. I take that word and I say, this is the word that dwells in me richly. I allow the word of God to live in me. In him, I live and move and have my being. And so I say, and here's one that, that the scripture that you might say, the good work that you have begun in me. You will complete, you will continue with, you will take it, um, you will take it to the, to, to the end. Let me see if I can find that particular scripture. Um, being confident, Philippians 1.6. I am confident of this very thing that you, God, who have begun a good work in me, will perform until the day of Jesus Christ. This word I claim, and I eat this as being a word that abides in me. This is a living word. This is not a scripture that I speak out loud in hopes that God will do something. This is a word that comes and fills that place, that place where I've repented, and I said, God, I've been inconsistent. I have been a liar. I have been this. I have been that. And so I, since those are not of you, I refuse to have part with this anymore. And I say in the name of Jesus that these things I submit to you. I submit to God. I resist the devil. And I allow him to flee, to leave me. And then I fill it with what you said in Philippians 1, 6, that the, that the very thing, the good work that you have begun, I invite that word to reside in me, to be a permanent part in me. I roll the whole of my cares upon you. I roll all of my works upon you, which is what Proverbs 16. And I say to you that this word is an abiding word, like John 15. This word will not depart from me, but it will live and abide in me and is connecting me to you from this time forth. Every place where there is an issue, every place where there is a problem, an eating issue, a 
a spending issue, an anger issue, a bitterness issue, whatever it is. I submit those things to God and I say it's the wrong spirit and I don't want to have anything else to do with it. I'm denouncing it and I'm saying in the name of Jesus that it must go from me. I give it to you, Father, but I also receive from you your word. Give me a word. Take me to something that is that you have said that will now abide in me and from that place it will always be a fruitful place in me. It will no longer be an unfruitful place in me. You see, I will prosper from the prophesying that you spoke through Isaiah, through that you spoke through Jesus, that you spoke through whoever it was that prophesied. I prosper through the prophesying that what you spoke through Dr. Baker. Lord, here it is, my dream. You said that we have dreams, ideas, dreams, and visions on our inside. So you say that you have loosened those. I receive the loosening of your dreams, your visions, your, your ideas on the inside of me. I receive the loosening of that, and I receive the tangible. Now I'm praying in tongues. See, now you're going shambika. You're loosening, you're loosening them in me. You're releasing these words so that I see them as being more than just something that's caught up in me. But as it's loosing from me, I see what it is that you have for me to do. I see how you want to work through me. I see what needs to be released from me. I see what I'm going to let go of to take hold of what it is that you're saying. I don't need this. Um, he said that Bartimaeus no longer needed the beggar's coat because he was called to vision. He was called from blindness into vision. And when he was called into vision, he had no need of the beggar's coat. I will never beg again. I will never have to sit by the side of the road again and hope that somebody's dropping a good coin. I will never again be reduced to sitting in a needy position. And, and yes, they made provision for him, but I am now a man of vision and I have eyes to see. So now what has happened? He has just stepped into the next uh, level of his calling, his life where it is that you are to be now. If you've been blind for 20 years, it's time for you to see. If you've walked in deception and delusion for all this time, you have come to, I declare in the name of Jesus, I've come to the end of this. No more of this. This thing has been of long continuance. But the word of the Lord says that if I will hearken diligently to the word of God and believe the things that you said, then these are the blessings that shall come upon me. And I am redeemed from the things of the past. I am redeemed from walking in deception. I am redeemed from being a fool for something or somebody or blah, blah, whatever it happens to be. And I do get excited. And I bet you can hear me very clearly now. Uh, <laughs> but can you see it? Um, he says this. Okay. He said, I'm not loosening them for you to be able to sit your fat self up in a house and say, I've got all this stuff. Okay, good. So that means that if I'm not sitting up in the house, I no longer have a fat self. Thank you, Father. There's things that you want done. And I'm thinking we're in the season of the things that God wants done to be done. All right. Billions and billions of dollars right there for the church. All right. So now, and, and, and there's more to do it, but I got like two minutes, so I'm not going to finish. Uh, <laughs> but here it is. There's my, many of my people. All right, Lord, where are they? We need to go get them because some of them are members of this church. Um, there's many homeless. Where are they? Because we 
we receive what? If he said, I have money that I've released for you to go, then the homeless will not be homeless because we're buying the properties. Mm -hmm. So another, what I see is he's saying, I want you to help solve the homeless issue. I want you to help uh, to, to finance businesses and ideas and dreams that I want to, because I'm going to pour it out. This is a time for you to be, he says, I want you to be prepared. So now is our time of preparation. Now is our time to not trust our eyes. Now is the time to trust that we hear the voice of God. Now is the time to trust that, and do what, he, what we hear him say. Now is the time to believe that God will stop us when we're heading in the wrong direction. Dreams, visions, promises, hope, homes, money, cars, and other modes of transportation, buildings and property are not a scarcity because you, you've said through our apostle over and over, um, God has a property. God has some. We thank you. This is so that then we have the keys. We have the title deed. Dr. Baker took possession of this about a month, about six weeks ago, I think it was, on a 5 a.m. prayer call. So it is not, we're going to get it. As yeah. long as we're going to get it, it's in the future. We have it. We have our property. We have the buildings. We have the manpower. We have the, the blue chairs filled. We have the finances. We have the resources. Now, what that means is you. I have the business. My business does flourish. I have the clients. The doors are open. Not going to be. They are open. The contracts are signed. The projects are funded. You bring it from future. Please pray for me that the Lord will do. No, I will not. <laughs> I won't. Because you want future. I'm telling you, bring it into now. now. And now is the time that we have to say goodbye. <laughs> because we have come to, not out of time, but our time, this transition of time. And so you want more of time with us. You should be here on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. and 11.45 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you're in California and you're in this area, you, you're invited to come and sit in one of the blue chairs and you can wear your mask and your gloves and do all of that if that's what you need to do. And if you're gonna join us virtually or rather by Periscope or Twitter, then I simply say, again, it's Pacific Standard Time, 9.45 and 11.45. We're receiving the tithes, the offerings, the seeds, the, 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 the questions. You do contact us at astoundinglove.org. The rest of it you can do. I think he has it up on the board and he will get it up on the board. To give you the address, uh, uh, www.astoundinglove.org and you can hit donate for the giving into the offerings and, and, and seeding into this message, or you can uh, you can do it by Zelle, and you can call us, and you can contact us, and you can do all that, and you can be healed, you can be free, you can receive. If we did not finish this, then you need to contact us so that we can continue, but I'm praying for you this week that this word will manifest in you, for you, through you, around you, and that you will walk in the power and the wisdom that comes from having the DNA of Christ Jesus. If you do not know him, you need to roll back this thing. And again, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. You call on Jesus because he's listening for your voice. And then you let us know so that we can help get you grounded to understand the power that you have by being a part of the kingdom. I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee. You are here with us at Astounding Love a global church fellowship, part of More Than Enough Ministries, and we pray that you have received from tonight's Kingdom Conversation, and we'll see you on Sunday. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And amen.